One, two, three, four. Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer, a podcast that focuses on the personalities behind the beer scene. Today my guests are Caitlin Johnson and Melanie Demi, two Austin, Texas-based bloggers who started a beer-based podcast called 512 Brood just a few months ago. But first, let's start with a beer in Connecticut. As of this recording, 12 breweries have signed on to brew their own version of Weathered Soul's Black is Beautiful Imperial Stout, including former guest Alisa Bowens Mercado of Rhythm Brewing, who is making an Imperial Oatmeal Stout version at Two Roads Brewing. It's due out on July 31st. Little House Brewing in Cheshire has already released theirs as a coffee stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. I haven't had any yet, and I would love to correct that situation. Uh, Breweries are encouraged to donate proceeds to a worthy charity, usually one that supports uh, racial justice. So on today's episode, I had a chance to fire up the old hologram virtual pub for Caitlin and Melanie of 512 Brood. They're funny, informed, and much more in sync with branding and marketing and all things internet than I will ever be. Let's listen in. All right, so as you can see, Melanie and Caitlin, we are standing outside my latest virtual creation. Uh, I've been slaving over, you know, the HTML on this one. And uh, you, mean, you can see, I mean, I can see you got the hologram equipment that I shipped to you guys. And so hopefully it's, you're getting the full effect. Um, I'm calling this virtual pub, The Great Outdoors, because I, I've been wanting to be outdoors so badly. And, you know, uh, if you look up, you can see it's the, in the shape of a giant treehouse in a jungle. Uh, what, what do you think so far? It's great. It's great. I love the weather out here. It's not yeah, too hot. But... It's not cold. It's gorgeous, sunny sky. Leaves are rustling, you know, wind's blowing. You know, all it looks that, like a gorgeous place. All, all, that, all that humidity that you're feeling, that was extra. I really put that in. I've never, never toyed with virtual humidity before. Uh, but you know what? Again, I am an amateur, so at any point, this could go awry. Um, all right, let's go in. All right, are you guys able to hear the animals okay? Yeah. There's a lot of them in here. <laughs> right. Now, don't be scared. Uh, I'm, I'm 99% sure that, you know, nothing is going to actually hurt. Uh, but again, <laughs> amateur making this up. Uh, let's head on over to the bar. Uh, you can see the the stools were made to look like giant mushrooms. Um, just kind of a whim. Just kind of went with that. I don't know how comfortable they are. They're a little bit squishy. Okay. All right. All right. No lumbar support in here. I'm afraid. No. <laughs> um, and 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 I've and I've created the bartender to look just like one of my favorite wild animals, a lion. Is it fairly realistic? Uh, yeah, he's kind of scary, though. I don't know about that. Oh, I should have He's one of those tough bartenders. He's a little intimidating. You, you, you're not used to bars like this, I, I imagine. <laughs> no. All right. 
So you can put your orders in. I, I, I didn't get around to naming this bartender, so if you have any name you feel like I should give him, that's fine. And we'll see if, if, if the gear's working properly, we should be able to, to taste this beer in a few minutes. So I'll put in my first order. Uh, you guys have a name for this, um, for this uh, uh, bartender? What am I? I was going to say Alex the Lion from Madagascar, but... I was thinking Bruno, but... I like a human name. Okay, so we're going to go with Bralex, which is a combination yes. of the two. So Bralex, sir, um, I would like to order a Shinerbach. I'm just going to play it real, you know, simple. Um, Caitlin, what would you like to order? Just talk to Bralex there. Um, if you got anything local, any nice lagers or pilsners, anything like that for all this humidity, that'd be nice. Oh. Fantastic. Okay, so by local, uh, I think we're talking about uh, Texas. So you're going to hopefully be getting a Texas beer coming back, but that's good. I programmed it so that it does make, the algorithm will make some uh, choices on its own. And uh, and what do you think? Uh, Melanie, what do you think? What would you like? Yeah, I think I'm going to try something a little bit out of the box. Let's go with like a chili or habanero lager if you got that. <laughs> we will see. This sounds good. Okay, so... Let's get to our interview proper. Um, together, you host the 512 Brood uh, podcast out of Austin. Are you guys in yeah. Austin proper? Okay. Yes. And yes, we're both in the city of Austin. Uh, one's north, one's south. <laughs> good to know. And in episode nine, you really focused on your background, but I was kind of hoping you would, wouldn't mind giving me a version of that one too. Um, let's start with you, Caitlin. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into beer. Yeah, so about this blog, big, my blog, Big World Small Girl, started about five years ago. Started out as a travel blog when I was living in Virginia. Um, and I kind of started, as, as I was writing about travel, I was falling in love with craft beer and craft beverages. And I don't know, that kind of inspired my travels. And then once I got to Austin, I started writing about craft beverages more. And, you know, for a few years, it's been growing, going great. And then last year, I met Melanie. And, you know, we're both kind of bloggers here in Austin. So we do a lot of the same stuff together. We hang out in the same groups. And then during quarantine, we we're just so bored. She came up with the idea to start a podcast. And yeah. Now, what was the rest your... history, right? <laughs> that's a good, that's a good uh, uh, origin story right there. Absolutely. Uh, what was your, um, what were your first couple of beers uh, like? Were, were they in Virginia? Yeah, they were in Virginia. Um one brewery that we like to go to a lot was Parkway Brewing. Um, we had a Get Bent IPA and a Majestic Mullet Kolsch that was uh, really delicious. And that was like our first, I guess, brewery, you know, go-to brewery, like neighborhood brewery. Um, but in Virginia, we, we would, Virginia has a lot of wine up there as well, wine and cider. So it's a good mix of all of that. But I just, I don't know. I kind of saw myself gravitating to liking craft beer more, liking the vibes at craft breweries more. So you didn't so have I just you didn't have to do time with bad beer. You went straight to no. The good luckily, stuff. luckily not. Not too much bad beer. There was like a brewery in our college town that was like a brew pub, and I think they were. It was just kind of a novel idea for them, and like the that beer was always bad, but we never drank it. <laughs> Smart. Good to have taste. Uh, um, Melanie, you arrived at. Uh, in Texas by way of Bogota, Colombia. Um, what was yes. that transli transition like for you and how has beard pl beer played a role in your life? Yeah, so um, I was actually born in Florida but lived in Colombia with my family um, until I was 10. 
So coming into Austin was a big change, but I loved it very quickly. And as I got older, um, I, you know, my family's really, really big into beer. So I would always visit breweries and stuff with them, even when I was underage, obviously just drinking water or soda. Um, And then I just, I don't know, I fell in love with the atmosphere at breweries. And so when I turned 21, my husband and I, uh, that that kind of quickly became our thing, and we're kind of spoiled here in Austin. We've got so many great breweries. Um, so a couple of years later, I had started my my brand. Um, I I have three dogs, so we do a lot of focus on dog friendly travel, dog friendly uh, restaurants, patios, breweries, um, and that just kind of started my love for talking about beer and writing about beer. And uh, here we are. This is what I appreciate about having a, a a podcast. Well, it it always I've always liked talking to to strangers and 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 getting into worlds that I normally would not. But but this is something that I find you know fascinating and have learned to totally appreciate. Someone saying this is my brand, because as I was growing up, that would not have made any sense. My brand might have been, <laughs> oh, I wear Levi's. That's my brand, you know. But I totally get what you're talking about. Is that something that kind of came naturally to you guys? Or did, were you inspired by somebody else? Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, it did, definitely did not come naturally to me. I When I started, I started it as just an Instagram where I was posting pictures of dogs. And then that evolved into you know me doing something that's going to help others and help others with dogs kind of live their best lives. Um, and so it's been it's been a change for sure, and it's taken me a little bit to accept the change and, and to kind of see it for what it is. Um, but it, in the last couple of months, I've grown to realize that, I mean, it is a brand, and I put a lot of work into it. I know Caitlin is, is the same way, but it's something that I'm proud of, and it's something that I need to learn and embrace. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, big, and, uh, big, big oh, world, small, uh, I'm sorry, is it small girl, big world? Big world, small girl. Get other way around. Got it. So yeah, it's okay. It, how did that? How did that evolve? How did you know that was going to be your brand? Yeah, so it kind of evolved. And I think when I was first starting out, like I wasn't even aware of like the importance of branding. And then kind of like once I became self-aware of like what this brand could be, I became more intentional with the content I created and put out and the partnerships I take on, um, because that's the whole part. You have to stay on brand. And I'm just not out there doing partnerships with anyone or just writing about anything that comes across my mind. I mean, if I do, I can find another outlet off of Big World Small Girl to talk about it. But when it comes to Big World Small Girl, we're craft beer and we're travel. So as long um, as the world stays big and you stay small, it's all <laughs> on brand. Yes. Yeah, more or less. Um, no, but yeah, it, it is a lot like that. And it's something that you have to be conscious of. Right. I oh. mean, I, I thought of that a little bit. Like when I first started writing, I focused on Connecticut beer. And I really did think about that saying, well, maybe I'll be the Connecticut beer snob. And I realized that's putting myself in a very small box, um, despite being a you know, medium-sized fish in a small pond. Uh, knowing that the world is much larger you you know you you can you can uh, shoot yourself in the foot there to mix my metaphors Uh, oh it it appears that our beers have arrived Um, so all you have to do is um, see that 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 metal straw that I sent you guys you should be able to sip it through that and you can tell me a little bit about you know what you're thinking Um, I'm gonna try my uh, my shiner Bach 
Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, slightly, slightly roasty, um, but yeah, easy, easy drinking. Kind of wish I had uh, some German food. I would not trust eating anything that came through my virtual <laughs> pub. So that's what I've got so far. How did it come out for you, uh, Melanie? Um, it so drinking it through a straw. I think it's a little bit uh, interesting. <laughs> Never kind of felt that that foaminess before. Uh, the flavor is delicious, though. It's definitely crisp, and you get those little habanero hints here and there. Not too spicy, but you definitely get the flavor. Oh uh, yeah, I you know I gotta find a workaround with this whole straw thing. Um, <laughs> but I just I just I worry. You know, I mean, it's I don't know how sanitary sanitary any of this is. But uh, you know we're all distant, so it's working out. Um, and uh, and Caitlin, what, how did your uh, how did your uh, refreshing local come out? Oh, it came out delicious, absolutely delicious. Such a good way to stay cold right now, or stay cool right now. Yeah. Again, um, I gotta apologize. I think this humidity is getting a little much. <laughs> um, and you, what I'm noticing, looking around the bar, a lot of lizards did not <laughs> remember working on all these lizards. Uh, they're not getting in your way, are they? No, hopefully they're getting all the bugs. That's yes. the only reason why they can stay. Again, the bugs did not expect <laughs> the bugs. I mean, talk about a bug in the system. There are a lot of them around. So I'm just gonna swat that one. Okay, so 512 Brood started fairly recently uh, during quarantine. Originally you guys stayed apart and then you started recording together. I really do like your mix of news and in the way that you chat about beer, you do your research. You know, so many um, beer podcasts I notice are just, let's hit record and drink and you know, you guys prepare, I like that. How are you guys enjoying this uh, process? Uh, we'll start with uh, Caitlin, how are, you, how are you enjoying the process? Um, I am enjoying it. It's, I think me and Melanie bring something unique to it. Like we already come from a background of content creating and like professionally we're both marketers. So we came in here like ground running, knowing what to do more or less. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun though. I think podcasting is a totally different world. Like even just learning about audio has been a huge um, learning curve. Like we know video and photography, but like I thought audio was just easy breezy, you know, you just talking to the mic and no. And just even kind of finding our podcast audience. Like we were like, oh, we've got big audience on Instagram. It should be super easy. And then we're like, Oh wait, podcast listeners probably aren't actually on like Instagram looking looking for new podcasts, you know. So it's like just kind of changing, but it's been fun. It's been I think we've learned a lot about craft beer since starting. I don't know. I'm sure Melanie can pick up, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in the evolution of it. And and how have you learned about beers, Melanie? And and how has that changed and and helped your uh, uh, podcast grow? Yeah, no, it's been, it's super fun. I, I guess I've never really sat down, not too often at least, sat down at a brewery and ordered a beer and said, oh, cool, let me learn the history behind this and, and how they're made and, and the notes and everything that goes into brewing this type of beer. So I think that's kind of where, where I've changed, and I'm sure Caitlin can agree, where, yeah, we had a lot of knowledge about beer in general, and um, we, when you came into it knowing what we were talking about, but the history and everything that there is to learn about beer we were just having so much fun like kind of nerding out about it and and finding fun stuff to, to share with our audience and uh and just kind of really like diving deep into what we're drinking yeah and i think i think you said it a little bit earlier well about um 
because we wanted it to be like a beer entertainment show like we wanted so it's kind of evolving to figure out a good what to include what not to include how long the episode should be so but i mean looking at or listening to episode one versus episode 13 like yeah it's a crazy difference in a great way like when people there are new listeners I'm always like start with the newest and work backwards please I'm with you on that one yeah I I think there's so much to um to cover and you know sometimes you just realize that as a as a creator so to speak that there are things that interest you but then you've got to remember the audience because if it's just entertaining you then you're going to have an audience of of two that are really going to be into it has the feedback from um your listeners dictated the direction of the way that you research or create or produce your podcast uh so far the feedback's been pretty good um there'll be like a little notes about you know people hearing like bumping of like the drinks sitting down the table and like getting that kind of feedback back but like the feedback has been pretty good and I think that's something different too about podcasting is that we're learning is that you know what might be entertaining like a video or a photo like you're working with just audio so it's got to be something with a, a different I don't know if you get what I'm saying but like the same type of content isn't as entertaining as it is in video or photo or even written as it is you're listening to it and it's something like when we came into it, Melanie and I, since we're such good friends, and we had to make sure that like it wasn't like somebody was eavesdropping in on a phone conversation with us. Which so that's why we like a lot of structure in the show, so that way we stay on topic. Yeah, but, I, I get I get you were saying, and you've got a uh, you've got a um, blogging background as well. Has has the written word or the way that you express yourself through writing um, affected the way that you put put the podcast together? Is there any similarities to putting a blog together versus a uh, versus blog post versus putting together a, a podcast episode? A little bit, I would say so. I mean, we so the way we kind of work with our podcast is we we kind of start with some notes and kind of uh, a broad topic of what we what we want to cover in each episode, and then when we're writing the quote unquote script, which is not necessarily a script. It just kind of helps guide us down what we're doing. Um, we do, I, I don't know how, I've never watched Caitlin write her blog, but I could say, speak for myself that um, I do like to outline it in the same way that I write. And then I could, a lot of what we say and what is written in the script is kind of in the same style that we would normally write because it, to us, I think it was really important for us to keep our same voices because we know that that's what people you know what people find entertaining um so writing in our same styles and and you know sticking true to who we are and how we speak and kind of our kind of humor was really important nice yeah definitely yeah now um texas is huge um and so i was kind of wondering for for someone who hasn't you know ever i don't think ever been there um, can you tell me about the state of Texas beer, or at least the Austin area? Has that scene grown steadily, or has there been a sharp spike like we've seen here in Connecticut? What's what's the beer scene like? I, I, mean, I know it's uh, large, but how has it evolved over time, if you know? Um, and how would you describe it to an outsider? Yeah, so the beer scene in Texas as a whole is fairly new. Um, I mean, we had a lot of like really backwards TABC laws that prevented, that made it really hard for people to open up and like be successful with a brewery. And then about in 2014, 
Uh, I think that was about the time that a law changed where breweries were now allowed to sell beer, their own beer from their own tap room before they had to like sell it to a distributor to sell the beer in the tap. It was just, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but so such a backwards way. But so we had a really late start to the game. Um, but I think that what that brings in is like we get in a lot of brewers who have experience in other big brewery cities. Like we get a lot of brewers from like, you know, the, the Northwest up in like Oregon area and California, and they're coming to Austin to start their own brewery. Um, so we've got a lot of that. We've got a lot of, I don't know. I think our brewing seems a bit more evolved because we got started late, if that makes sense, but it's good. We got a little bit of something for everyone. We love, you got to remember down in Texas that it is summertime, what, like six, seven months of the year. At least. Um, at least. And, and I mean, summer, you know, like 90 degree plus, whatever. But, Even more humid so than it, in here. In, in oh, yes. virtual space. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, so we've got a lot of light. We've got like a lot of light beers. Um, we've got a lot of sours. You also have a huge German population in central Texas. So you have a lot of German inspired breweries. And yeah, I think that's kind of, I mean, we've got some standout breweries like uh, Jester King, B52, uh celestial beer works all across the state that are just uh, making great beer i will say though like the breweries are very clustered around the big major cities such as san antonio austin houston texas i mean houston dallas so if you go up to like the panhandle area like there's nope you could drive five hours and not hit a brewery so <laughs> it's still ur like an urban thing yeah yeah or just where i guess the uh population is heavy heaviest like or most clustered. Got it. Um, Melanie, what, what would you say to someone who I would say, uh, what's a typical Austin beer, uh, you know, tap room experience or what, what, what would I, should I expect? And feel free to drop names of your favorite uh, breweries if you'd like, because uh, yeah, I just, again, I, I mean, I can create an entire jungle, but I really need this, you know, I need you to paint a word picture for me because I got to, I got to get out of this house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'll start with, so the city of Austin prides itself for, you know, keep Austin weird. Um, and this is more so early in like we've, the city itself has grown so much here recently that um, maybe it's starting to lose out a little bit, but we definitely have our, we love our weird, our innovative, our different and in inclusivity. So Hey, like the the beer scene really reflects that we've got brewers and brewery and tap rooms that could essentially you know all across the board we've got our industrial buildings we've got our super modern tap rooms we've got um you're super tiny but like cozy and and you know tap rooms and then we've got huge massive warehouses it's it really is all over the place. So I always tell people who are coming to Austin is like, tell me what kind of beer you like and what you're looking for in an experience. And I can promise you will find a brewery that fits your needs. And something that I love about Austin is, and the beer scene here is everybody is so welcoming and so supportive of each other. They, it's community over competition. They don't, they don't view each other as competitors. They view each other as, as allies and friends. And, and that's something that, you know, I, I don't see a ton in other cities. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but something that is really appreciated here. Now, are you finding that they go in waves in terms of uh, popularity of styles? Or uh, is every brewery kind of have its own niche and 
you know, that we know that that's the place to go to for for stouts and, and, and porters, that kind of thing. What what what's what kind of what kind of uh, waves of style popularity are you seeing? Um, I think it's a little bit of both of what you said, but um, definitely it's like some breweries are known for having IPAs or some breweries, I guess they're they're known for like there's Blue Owl Brewing and they only do um, sour mashed beers, um, but they do all different types of or all different styles of sour mashed beer. And then you have places like Pine House and Southern Heights and like you're going to go to Southern Heights and it's going to be like 95% IPAs, like, you know, really good IPAs though. Um, so it's a little bit of that. And like, I think Southern Heights has been like that since they opened, but it's definitely, um, I think people aren't scared to do their own thing down here in Texas. I mean, you look at Jester King and the stuff they're doing and they're not following any trend. I mean, granted, like they're huge and they're probably setting trends, but um, mm. yeah, I don't know. I think, I think there is definitely maybe on a um, like brewery level, like they see a trend coming by and they're like, let's do that. But like, honestly, like, I feel like Austin specifically is sometime a little bit late to the game. Like it took a little while um, for like uh, smoothie beers to like kind of get down here and like be in more than one or two breweries and like same with kind of just those crazy IPAs and stuff. But I mean, granted we're down here in Texas. We don't get a lot of beer distributed in here. So, so, so it's, so you're likely to see if you go to your own uh, liquor store, there's going to be a large selection of, of Texas beers. Yes. And yes. And would there probably be, it'll probably be honestly, like we don't get a lot of Dallas and Houston beer, Okay. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very regional. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, in Connecticut, it's, it's, you know, we have, oh, there's the, there's the, you know, the one cooler that has the Connecticut beers. Uh, you know, we, we're all excited because we have a hundred breweries. Um, wow. Which, That's a lot, though. It, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, and and five years ago, we had about 25. So wow. it, it's it's just rocketing. Um, and that's, you know, that's what uh, we're going to see. We're going to see what the, uh, what our current situation is going to be. What, how are um, breweries uh, handling um, the COVID era? Yes, that'll be very interesting to see um, and to see what kind of like beers come out as a result. I know, I don't know, I feel like breweries had events like every other day at their tap rooms and parties and releases. And it's just, I don't know, like in that, is that enthusiasm for going out and going to your tap room still going to be there? Or I hope they come, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope they just come back. Are, are, so, so people are uh, picking up um, beers and taking them home. Is that the idea? Yeah, so um, every, obviously, I think just across the country, but especially in Texas, uh, everybody's done a really good job of supporting the to-go beer scene, um, which is fairly new here. It actually, the yeah, first day that we buy beer to go in the state of Texas period was September of last year. Um, so it's it's a fairly new scene for us, but it's definitely been kind of a, a game a game changer and a life support, a lifeline for a lot of our smaller breweries. Um, but you know, it's still it's still hard for them. A lot of their, I think Caitlin and I just talked about this was it forty percent of their pro profits come from in house yeah. drafts. Yeah, uh, or it comes from uh, draft sales and like um, like keg sales. Yeah. Which has been completely, you know, almost diminished at this point because most of our restaurants are closed. All of our bars are closed at the moment. And obviously tap rooms are closed unless they're a brew pub. Um, so it's been hard, but so far we've only lost one brewery. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> Confirmed. 
um, but we're hoping that, you know, yeah. hopefully, uh, who knows? Similar we have had, we have had, like, what was it, like, three breweries in Central Texas have opened okay. since Yeah. Which, kudos to them. That's yeah. blowing me away. We've had six, I think. I mean, I know oh there must God. have been, in, you know, they're all in the, they were all in the making, and I'm thinking, you know, put, put pause on it, man. Like, this is going to be tough to open up in this. No, they don't. And yes, there are lines out the front to get the beer. You know, it's just, I, I, this is why I'm on this side of things and I'm not on the, on the business end of things. Cause I would have yes. said, Oh, it's time to lay low. Let's go, you know, do anything else. But what <laughs> do I know? Nothing. Um, tell me about the future of 512. Um, when, you think about upcoming episodes. Are there topics you want to tackle? Um, are there different formats you want to try? What, what, what are you seeing in the, in the future for a 512 Brood? Um, one thing that, like, one, of, one thing that I would like to do, we've done it <clears throat> on a previous episode, but kind of covering a geographical region of beer. Um, we're working on doing like a Europe series. And I think that will kind of help maybe our, I don't know, you know, ward off our travel bug for a little bit. Um, if we're like researching and covering other places and pretending that we can go to all these cool beer bars in foreign countries. And <laughs> but no, I think we're doing that. And it's just it's interesting because you know we started this podcast while sheltering in place. So like we've got a lot of ideas, but we're just kind of I think some of them we just have to wait till things go back to normal. Yeah. Do you see yourselves going out into the field with your with your recording equipment and doing it from there? Or do you like the idea of, of uh, taking it home and, and working, working in the privacy of your own uh, space? Uh, Melanie and I have different opinions on this, but uh, I don't know. We, we think about video and I think video would be fun to take on location. We do think about maybe once travel is okay again, like me and her taking trips and then, you know, we, we're going out getting beer and like recording a podcast episode, whether it's like in our, Hotel. In a brewery tap room or like, yeah, hotel room, but that kind of on the go stuff. Right. But we're definitely both itching to get out of Austin and, and yeah. go try, try some beer elsewhere that's not here for a little bit. Yeah, because I mean, normally, like we started this, we would have been able to go to GABF, um, Texas Craft Brewers Festival, like our State Brewers Guild Festival, like was canceled, you know, like those both provided big opportunities for us to like do like live shows or something. Mm -hmm. um but you know what like that's okay we'll hit 2021 like big and ready to knock it out of the park <laughs> absolutely that's a good attitude yeah i uh i i definitely am, am, am itching to get out as well you know all of the all the uh, nice beer festivals indoor and outdoor have put it put themselves on pause which is the smart move but uh yeah. yeah people are people are really itching to get to get back uh to seeing people in per in person again so i'm sure i know like the first the first month was cute and fun but uh, now we're on month four and i'm like all right this yeah. i'm ready <laughs> yeah and and clearly people are do not have your resolve because people are going out and they're going into bars and they're not wearing masks and and, and all that uh poor behavior uh, you know, it, it takes a certain type of willpower that I don't think everybody has. Uh, or maybe they don't feel safe at home. I don't know what it is, but it, it def definitely is fascinating to see how many people are not uh, saying, you know what, it's it's not worth it to, to, to go out and get, you know, one more appetizer. You know, just, I don't know. Yeah. Quite understand. But Well, any excuse to stay home. 
for me is good. No, we go good. You like it at home. All right. I'm happy. A little bit. I like, I mean, I like this new system. I like the idea of going to a brewery and getting a reserved table and knowing that like, I hate, I'll never go to a brewery when it's super busy. I just don't like the idea of getting a beer and standing around and trying to look for a table. So reserving a table, having that space, like the whole ordering from your phone. I don't know. Like some of these things I hope stick around, but. Agreed. Uh, Melanie, anything? I'm sure the brewery. Uh, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any any uh, innovations, Melanie, that you have welcomed during this uh, rough time? Yeah, I like Caitlin said, I, I do like, um, you know, brewer, breweries are getting nifty. They're figuring out ways to like have fun events and, and, you know, get sales up and get people excited about their beer, whether it's like a drive through beer festival where you just kind of you know, drive beer or brewery to brewery and pick up beer to go and that kind of stuff. So I do, I do think um, that that's super innovative and I hope that it sticks around. Uh, but for me, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely the opposite of a homebody. So it, <laughs> I am so ready for this to, to be over and then so that we can safely go back out into the world. I'm tired of being at home. I hear you. Well, from, from what you're probably noticing that we were having some sort of stampede i don't know the animals are definitely getting out of control i apologize for that and it's it's starting to smell like not pleasant in here and that is that again that is all on me i really did not realize that the olfactory element of this was going to be so intense uh so yeah wow wow are you turning against him already well that's fine i'm sure i'm sure sure you had something to do with it um is there anything else that uh, who haven't listened to 512, which I absolutely recommend that they do. Um, you know, what can you, what's your uh, elevator pitch in terms of getting folks to listen in? Um, I would say, like, we're not your typical beer review show. We're more of a beer and entertainment show. Um, you're going to learn. Um, we're going to try really hard to make you laugh. And yeah, you get to talk about some beer with us. And I don't know. It's a great time. We try to bring a lot of entertainment into it. And we promise you're going to learn a whole lot of stuff about beer that you had no idea. My favorite part is like the ending of the show, which we normally choose like a weird, scary conspiracy type story that's like related to the topic or the beer and talk about it. And yeah, I mean, so you never know where that's going to take us, but Wonderful. I think that was a really long elevator pitch. No, we're, we're no. going up to the top floor today. That yeah. <laughs> house suite. It is a very, very tall building. Uh, uh, Melanie, anything else that you would say um, that you've uh, gained from the experience of, uh, of hosting a podcast? Yeah, I mean, I've learned, like Caitlin said, I've learned so much about podcasting and this different type of content creation. Um, you should have seen Caitlin and I two days ago trying to figure out how to get like our sound to sound better in this little room. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. And I just, I feel really lucky that I'm getting the chance to experience it and learn. I love learning new things and expanding kind of my skill set. And this has been not only a way to do that, but a way to do it while having fun and, you know, talking, you know, talking smack with my best friend. So (laughs) it's been great. Exactly. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, I'm going to try to get us to, I don't even think we have to pay this tab, which is nice. I'm going to try to get us past the, uh, is that a rhinoceros? I don't even know what that is. That is bouncer. That is the bouncer rhinoceros. We're going to make it through there. And 
Okay, we made it outside. Well, I'm going to probably burn this place to the ground. This this <laughs> experiment didn't... I mean, your company was fantastic, but that uh, that did not uh, uh, work out. But thanks so much for your time. Thank, Thank you for having us. Yes, yes. My thanks to Melanie and Caitlin. You can learn more and listen to their podcast at 512broodpodcast.com. Melanie's own blog is at 3dogs1bar.com and Caitlin can be found at bigworldsmallgirl.com. You can read more about me at beersnobrights.com. Thanks for listening. You can leave a Venmo tip by searching for William-Sis. Thanks to Art for his patronage. Look for my Beer Snob column this Friday in the Republican American newspaper out of Waterbury, Connecticut, or by going online to rep-am.com. Until next time, sip well. Mm-hmm.